What's up? Welcome to the Fit Trials Podcast. I'm Tori. I'm an online fitness coach possessed by cultivating fitness transformations. I take the exhausted, tried everything individual and breed them into a healthy lifestyle machine. With guest appearances from other entrepreneurs in all industries, we tackle the trials and tribulations of fitness and business together and have a little fun in between. So if you're ready to level up, let's dive in. Hey, Ethan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? It's what, 9 a.m. over there? Yeah, 9.13 over here. On the East Coast. Did you know you're my first East Coast guest? I did not. I feel oh, pretty honored boy. about that. Yeah, there's a first for everything. <laughs> I mean, you're my first podcast, so. Oh, what? Yeah. That's so. awesome. This is my first podcast, not my first episode, but <laughs> <laughs> I have not been a guest on any other podcast yet, but I assume the request will be flooding in any day. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> Well, go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. How do you make your living? (laughs) Like your favorite food, like whatever. Just give us like the rundown of who you are. Favorite food. Mm, I'm going to think about that one. So my name's Ethan. (laughs) Um, I'm a photographer and filmmaker from New Hampshire. Uh, I make my living, very small living right now, (laughs) through (laughs) photo and video work. Um, I kind of travel around and stay in cabins and take some pictures and make little films about them and yeah it's a good time yeah. and favorite, <laughs> uh, food? favorite food right now because I mean it's you know pretty volatile always changes um I've been really digging some curry and I got this like I don't even know what kind of curry it was from this one little Thai restaurant um, like 15 minutes away from my house I've been thinking about it ever since I got it so <laughs> I actually don't fluctuate in favorite foods. I have one single favorite food at all times. What is it? I'll Venmo you $5 if you can guess what it is in two guesses. Is this like a meal? Like a... Is it a meal? Or is it just like a snack or something? Because like... It is a meal. It is a meal. It's definitely not... It's not like a fruit or anything. It's I'll I'll give you oh, this might give it away but it's, it's a type. It's a type like yeah. like a nationality type of food. Um, like, I wouldn't go that far actually. <laughs> so um, I, I'll say like tofu stir fry just because that's like my second favorite. Nope, but that is a great choice. Uh, that is a great choice. It's like <laughs> one of my best meals I can cook. Like one of three meals. Mm-hmm. Um, waffles. No, it's actually right. sushi. But you were on the right track mm. with that first that first answer. You were in. Should have kept going with that one. <laughs> well, because it's not like it's not technically only Japanese, which is why I didn't say like a nationality. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I just don't want to step on toes. On uh, yeah, I respect that. In the game. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Definitely good call. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into photography? Like, do you remember like a very touching childhood story where you got your first like Polaroid or? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. Uh, well, similar. Um, when I was like, I don't even know, like three or four, I was actually living in Missouri. Um, nothing out there. The Midwest is right. not my favorite place. <laughs> 
um and my parents had like this old like video camcorder and i would always like we had this whole like tub of just like home videos of just me going around the house recording just nonsense and i would always (laughs) i would always start like every video like after i press the record button i would just say like i'm recording and like this like four-year-old's like high-pitched voice (laughs) you know just to like let everyone know that I was recording so (laughs) but I I, but I actually got into photography back in like my senior year of high school when I started a uh, clothing company Um, and I needed pictures for that so naturally I started taking my own pictures and then uh, by my second year in college I was like kind of shooting every day with some friends and from there it just kind of grew and now it's all that I like to do so not all that I like to do but you know it's it's a big part of your life it's kind of like I feel like when it becomes your actual business it's what you do all day but you don't get sick of it because it's what you like to do exactly and I mean there definitely are times where like I'm just like not like overwhelmed but like there's times where I like don't even want to pick up my camera (laughs) like like when I got back from that three-month road trip out west there was like a solid like week or two weeks where I didn't even like look at my camera and it was pretty nice actually I definitely needed that break but yeah to just kind of chill out yeah not be taking any pictures or that's how I felt when I was uh working at the gym I'd have clients that would come in and like or people who hadn't been training with me yet and they'd be like well you're lucky because you just work at a gym and you get to work out all day and I'm like you think I work out all day (laughs) no (laughs) no no you'd be like a hulk if you did be at the gym and I would not work out at all and I would be at the gym it's like Mm -hmm. no gotta have a balance yeah so now you're sure. working with a company called Glamping Hub, which I'm sure a few people follow on Instagram because they just hit like 100K, right? Yeah, they've been, I mean, yeah, they've been growing quite a bit, which is awesome. I think I like kind of caught them at the right time when I reached out to them. And like, yeah. all I did was just kind of like reached out on their contact form on their website, actually, and like pitched this idea of like a west coast road trip and yeah they like love the idea and we kind of ran with it and now we've just like continued that kind of working relationship and like everyone in the company is like loves me and like i'm obsessed with that company like it's like the best thing to happen to me that is so cool so okay i want to touch on that point that you just made which is really Mm -hmm. important i think for anybody wanting to jump into their own endeavor or anything like that is that you reached out to them and you pitched mm-hmm. them and you also, cause you sent it to me over email, had developed a media kit, which is something mm. that like people in my industry do not necessarily have to do. So can mm. you talk about that and what that's like to create and what you should have in a media kit and how you go about pitching? Cause I'm sure Glamping Hub is not the only company you've ever pitched. Yeah, not at all. I mean, before Glamping Hub, I actually reached out and applied to Airbnb and HipCamp for something similar. Um, I didn't necessarily like pitch an idea to them as, a, as more I just kind of applied to be a photographer for them. And they both turned me down. Sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, which like at the time I was a bit upset about, but like now it's like I'm One door very glad that they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so reaching out to Glamping Hub, I just kind of like, I mean, I looked at their website and I'd seen all the 
awesome accommodations that they had out west. And I was just like, there's definitely a way that I can just drive out there and stay in a couple places here and there and like make something of it. And then they actually were the ones that wanted me to um, like build a media kit so that we could like send them out to the host just to show them that kind of the work that I could do. Yeah. Um, but and since then, I've been like trying to kind of, you know, like revamp my media kit and actually make a second one because that first one was almost um, specifically for cabins. So it's just all kind of like cabin pictures, interiors, yeah. exteriors. Um, but I'm actually trying, not that I've put much effort into it now, but making a media kit for like to send to like brands and companies and stuff to kind of work um, on getting more of those deals as opposed to just the cabins. So. Yeah, that is so cool. And I want to touch base on this trip because this trip you went on with Glamping Hug was actually the first time that we met in person. It was. We connected on Instagram and you were like, by the way, I'm passing through Colorado. And I was like, oh my God, come over and hang out. <laughs> yeah. And it worked somehow yeah, for like yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, just like few hours and you met yeah, my cousins yeah. too you met my and cousins. I did meet your cousins yeah yeah <laughs> I, I still talk to Katie not recently but while I was out west we tried meeting up but our paths just didn't cross at the right time yeah yeah that's actually really funny because Katie is not related to me but... oh you're right she was your cousin's <laughs> friend I apologize <laughs> Acacia is related to me but you know what we adopted Katie while she was here so it's fine <laughs> yeah. there, there you go so how do you find the photography industry very much like probably the fitness industry most people would say that the photography industry is saturated I have a another friend who did work in it pretty prominently and now he's sort of dipped out but what are your thoughts do you think it can still be a career for people I know you and I both know our friend Amanda and she makes her you know living off of that but she does more like portraits and family pictures so how do you find mm -hmm. the like career potential in the photography industry still because I like I would say the fitness industry is saturated but it's not competitive because I still feel like there's such a need for like online personal trainers and things like that I feel like that's a shift that's happening so what do you mm -hmm. your prospects um, I mean, I think it's tough because I think the photography industry is like, um, I definitely think it's very saturated as well. Because um, I mean, if you have a camera, like, you're kind of already in that industry. Um, even like the iPhone cameras now, like, I haven't seen the new iPhone cameras. Like, my one of my friends was showing me a video he took on his iPhone. And I was like, it was just so clear. And I was like, it, like, that's gonna put like, um, cameras just like, out of business but I yeah mean, dslrs i mean why yeah. carry around a big chunky camera when you can carry around your like notepad sized phone in your pocket <laughs> and take yeah, exactly pictures? <laughs> uh, um but i definitely think that um even though it's very saturated i think there's so many different kinds of photography that i mean like you said like amanda does um, like portraits and kind of couple shoots um and there's like wedding there's like um brand shoots like uh, commercial shoots sports photography like there's so many different um sub uh sections of photography that i think um it's definitely still possible to like make a career out of it um though it is quite hard i mean i wouldn't say i've necessarily like made a career out of it i'd say i'm in the midst of it um trying to mm -hmm. uh, um but yeah 
like i mean just kind of finding that niche and whichever kind of uh section of photography that you like the most and just kind of roll with that one and yeah kind of just work at it and hopefully something will work out in your favor yeah i think that's a good point is having uh a niche or a niche as you say (laughs) i don't know what the right i have no idea I say it both ways, I think, depending on how the sentence is flowing. How do you say caramel? I think I usually say caramel, but I think it just, you know, like, depends on the mood I'm in. I think I say caramel most yeah, of the yeah. time. Yeah, most caramel. of the time, though. Yeah. Salted caramel. But if I'm <laughs> eating a caramel, then I think I Whoa. say that. It's just, you know, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just depends on the mood you're in. Oh, yeah, exactly. I want to say niche. <laughs> exactly. So I, I would say I actually don't even have a niche right now mm-hmm. because I think because I'm so early, but you did a really good job of like targeting cabins. I think that was a really good play on your end because it's all, I mean, it really does boil down to strategy, like how, how you go about what your target market is and things like that. And so I think you did a good job of making that kind of your niche, but I feel like it was, was it unconscious or were you like, yes, I'm going to do cabins? I I think it was just kind of like, I didn't even plan for it to happen. Like last, almost like last year at this time, like last year um, for my birthday, I kind of like rented a cabin up in Maine and just kind of hung out there by myself all weekend, went and explored a national park up there. And after that, I was kind of like, damn, like, this is fun. Like I kind of want to just go to cabins and hang out all the time. Oh, um, so <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and like, at, so when it started like back in October and November, when I first started going to these cabins, I was renting them for the most part. Um, not any expensive ones. Like I would try and find like some cheap cabins that looked cool. Um, I stayed in this one tree house that was maybe like $80 for the night, but the guy, like the owner of it, um he and I kind of like hit it off and we've kind of like he's like one of my friends now and he's let me come back up a couple times um so it definitely took a while and then like December came and I in January and I started staying in a couple more and I kind of got some deals where I was allowed to go stay in exchange for a couple of pictures and then after that my Instagram kind of started growing from the cabin pictures um and then I scored that um kind of I reached out to Clamping Hub and then I started doing that and after that it was kind of like all right like this is kind of like my profile like if you look on it now like it's almost all cabins and and like cabins aren't necessarily like my end game like that's not what I want to do fully it's not like oh yeah when I'm 40 I want to be going to cabins (laughs) still (laughs) Um, but I definitely think it was like the perfect like start to it. And like, it's something that I really enjoy. I mean, I get to go stay in these cabins and get paid to take some pictures and make a video of it. Like even saying it out loud, it still doesn't like make sense to me. It like baffles me. <laughs> it's but, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely potential to do things that you like to do and are passionate about and be like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this, but it's like, you really are doing a service for them and helping them. And oh, yeah absolutely and like so when I actually got back from that trip out west um I reapplied to be a photographer for hip camp which is for I mean I'm sure you guys um, in Colorado are more familiar with it than like the east coast just because it's kind of more abundant out there but it's like camping yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so I actually get paid to 
be a field scout for them and like they'll pay me to go stay at a campsite like set up my tent whatever like just camp like do everything I normally would but take a couple pictures for them as well that like I get so yeah like cool. I get paid to camp which like blows my mind it's like oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I love that so we're gonna take a little shift to kind of like food and health and fitness and things like that because that's what this podcast is primarily oriented fitness and business kind of blended together so you're mm-hmm. vegan still right Yes. And you became a f- like fully vegan like a few months ago, right? Or a year. Yeah. Yeah, so I be so back in January, like the second week in January, I was like, "All right, I'm going to make like the I'm just going to dive in." Like before that, um for about a year prior to that, I wasn't eating any pig or cow. Um but I was still eating like chicken, eggs and um some fish. But once January came, I was like, all right, like, there's no real need for me to be eating this stuff. And yeah, after that, I just kind of cut it out. And, and I mean, there's still been times um, where like, like when I was in Canada, um, staying in this one tree house, the, um, the host had their own chickens, and I went and talked to the chickens, and (laughs) (laughs) thank them. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then if I do that, I justify eating their eggs because one, there wasn't a rooster. So like one of my big things with veganism, is that a word? Veganism? Me? Yeah, I, let's yeah. say it is. <laughs> okay, let's say it is. <laughs> uh, um, my big thing is that I don't like the whole killing or like the separation of the mothers from their babies, which is very prominent in the um, cattle industry. Mm-hmm. So like with chickens, if I see the chickens and there's no rooster on the farm, then that means that those hens are just naturally producing those eggs and there's no life um, inside those eggs. So in that case, I can, I justify eating them. And yeah. yeah, those eggs were like some of the best I've had. It was like one of the best breakfasts. That's awesome. That's awesome. So is it, would you, would you say it's mostly been for like environmental reasons that you've become vegan or like personal, like diet choice? Like you just didn't feel great when you were having meat in your diet? Um, so when it first started, so like back uh, two years ago, I kind of wrote a paper for one of my classes on the cattle and pig industry. And that kind of like shifted everything. Um, I mean, but prior to that, dairy didn't really sit well with me regardless. Mm-hmm. But I just I just kind of ignored it because, you know, that's... Because it's in everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in everything. And that's just like how you're raised, you know? Like yeah. you're just raised like growing up, like got milk. Like, yeah, I, rem- I remember in elementary school, like those posters were everywhere. Yeah. Like that, that's just what you were raised on. And then after writing that paper, it was kind of like, all right, these animals are just abused and like just treated as if they're nothing and and it's so much lobbying from the like like the dairy industry and just like other food industries it's just a lot of lobbying on their part like exactly and then like yeah and then after that like so it started just kind of like me not really wanting to kind of buy into that industry because I find it so horrific and then just reading up on it more and like continuing that paper I just how bad the cattle industry is for the uh, environment in general like the amount of um, land that is cleared just primarily to grow plants for the cows that we eat is like a ridiculous amount and like the Amazon rainforest like 
is was being burnt down um to give way for plants um to feed the cattle again and like yeah the um carbon emission or methane whatever yeah. yeah carbon emissions from the cows like that they produce is just horrible in the amount of water that it's just yeah so yeah one cow takes a lot to keep alive and grow exactly. <laughs> yeah so the environment is definitely like a huge uh, thing for me but like more and more now it's like just the um morality of it like i've been watching just tons of videos of like cows being like babies being taken away from their mothers and like that shit just breaks my heart and it's like I can't deal with that (laughs) that's just what Ethan does on his nights in is just (laughs) my free time (laughs) I watch videos that make me cry yeah no I totally get it though it's so horrific but I really think it's very educational I myself don't eat a ton of beef I don't really eat pork um and I'm kind of like in that direction I Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could ever go like fully vegan fully commit to it and that's just a Mm -hmm. personal sad like admission but um (laughs) but I do stick mostly to like poultry and fish I think that's probably the main things that I do have um Mm -hmm. but so a big thing I know because I I had one client that was vegan but she was like pretty new to it and she was Mm -hmm. having a hard time getting her protein in so that's typically a big concern when people become vegan is how do they get an appropriate amount of protein so what kind of things do you have to ensure that you get enough protein in your <laughs> um honestly this is probably like one area that i'm not necessarily the one to ask about it because there's been times okay. where like <laughs> there's been times where like even like iron too like i feel like i'm kind of um fairly low in my iron intake um but so like i and i really should like do more research into this to see like what else i can do but i try to make sure that i eat like tons of fruit and veggies whenever possible um i definitely try and look for like foods and grains that are high in that protein um, Mm -hmm. just just to make up for the protein that i'm getting from the animals um like i drink oat milk which i don't i'm trying to remember I feel like it's decently high in protein. It um, is. I think it's but like the I highest, make. I try and make sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's the highest nut and like milk alternative as far as protein yeah. besides soy milk. I think. Mhm. And I try and um, and make sure that I get my calcium too, because like that's one thing that my body was definitely used to for a while was getting that calcium from milk. So mm-hmm. just kind of making sure, like trying to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients. Um. It, it would definitely help like I've been on the road since I've been vegan I've been on the road for pretty much like half of the amount of time that I've been fully vegan so it's been kind of hard to like make sure that I'm actually getting everything that I should be um yeah but, how do you do how do you manage your diet like while you're on the road like as far as things that you can like pack in your car because you can you obviously don't have like a refrigerator or anything mm-hmm. like, so how do you I, what do you I have yes so I have a Yeti cooler which usually like especially like now that we're getting closer to fall it pretty much is like a refrigerator but like (laughs) (laughs) but like in the summer like I was going through ice quite a bit which was super frustrating and like I'd get like raspberries and blackberries and they'd get moldy sometimes before I get to finish them which is like 
that's like just such a bummer when that happens yes especially <laughs> the raspberries oh uh, it's so devastating you just like see one start to like give them like oh, and then you shoot, know I have, like one more day touching the other ones because one of yeah. them went bad and you're like i can't have the other ones because one of them won't <laughs> spread it it's like <laughs> exactly it's just oh so but yeah i try and make sure that i can have like like apples bananas like clementines like i make sure that i always kind of have fruit um and veggies like summer squash i love because it's just like you know easy to cook um but veggies whenever possible i didn't i don't eat too much veggies on the road because they are definitely a little bit trickier to cook um but like peppers mushrooms like i mean like i said tofu stir fry was like pretty much my main dish that i cook <laughs> yeah um just because it's the one thing that i'm like fairly good at cooking and it's pretty easy <laughs> um, not a lot of room for error <laughs> no, no yeah I haven't diversified the, yeah uh, my meals too much I started using jackfruit which is actually a very good meat alternative and I started yeah. um dabbling in the different kind of um uh, like burgers like non-meat burgers and yeah there's tons of stuff out there it's just all about kind of actually trying them and like taking the time to look up recipes which I don't ever which I should <laughs> um but I make sure I have like tons of trail mix and like um, nuts and granola and yeah yeah but, that all sounds pretty good that all sounds yeah good. so as far as like active things since you're in the car a lot like when you get to your locations you're usually up around like taking pictures and stuff but well, do you do anything like active like try and go on hikes or walks while you're away on a trip and how do you like manage your posture while you're driving or anything like that yeah so I mean I mean when I drive I kind of I mean I don't know if you saw my stories but I kind of have some jam jam sessions in the car yeah <laughs> those take up a little bit of energy I'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> um, have better dance moves than I do admittedly I don't know about that I think that was kind of the <laughs> trick of the camera but uh um yeah so when I'm driving I mean it definitely gets exhausting if you're doing like an eight hour nine hour drive there's times where you're just like especially like solo too like if you have like someone with you then you can like split it up and it's not nearly as bad but if it's just yourself it's just like you and the road for like eight hours and it can get exhausting yeah um but as for like staying active I mean I don't have a um remote shutter on my camera so sometimes if I'm trying to take a picture of me in the picture I have to set my camera run to the spot within like a 10 second thing like get set up and <laughs> and I should honestly like take a time lapse on my phone of me doing this because there's times where like it'll take me at least like 20 tries to get the shot and honestly that in of itself is kind of like a little cardio ab like if I'm trying to like get up from a chair a couple of times like there's some times where I feel a burn um, <laughs> feel a little bit of the quad burn just <laughs> yeah just yeah no but um fire. <laughs> hey yeah there was one time I was trying to take a picture in a hammock that was like down a set of stairs from the porch and I like sprinted down the stairs tried to get in the hammock and yeah that one took a while <laughs> you fall out of the hammock I did. I did you see it. my story on that one? No, what? Oh, I'll have I'll have to send you a picture because like I set my camera up to take like five different pictures on one <laughs> shot. So there's a couple of me just like falling out of a hammock, That's and it's pretty so comical. Funny. That is classic. <laughs> I feel like those are the golden moments. <laughs> oh, it, it was awesome. Yeah. 
but um no like every morning and every night i try and do some stretches just because like driving for eight hours like your body just gets tight like my knees and my back are always kind of sore after that and so doing some stretches and like kind of any home workouts i can do like push-ups like some ab stuff and just kind of anything i can do to kind of keep my muscles moving in that sense um but i do also try and go on hikes whenever possible um, and most of the places I stay have hikes either like on the property or a short drive away. So mm-hmm. I can always kind of get that, um, walk in nature, which is nice. And like hikes are pretty, uh, like I've never been one for cardio, um, in high school, <laughs> I, in high school, I played, um, a couple of pretty active sports, hockey and lacrosse, and that was my cardio for a while. So now it's like, now what do I do? <laughs> I'm not good at, I'm not good at running. So hiking definitely takes the um takes that for cardio but yeah (laughs) I definitely agree with that it's like starting the leaves are on their way to start yeah here in Colorado so I it's like prime fall hiking time is when the leaves start to change for sure you guys get that aspen glow out there right yeah Mm. It's like the best. I uh, I was talking to some friends who still live in Utah, and I guess mm-hmm. they received a good dusting of snow oh, already. No. Like that's so early. Like that was like oh. the first week of September. <laughs> I that know just gave me the chills here. just thinking of that. Oh man. <laughs> oh, you have like a winter fear. Like your biggest. I really do. <laughs> I like. An old I can. I can sense it coming. It's just like slowly creeping up on me and. <laughs> Uh, it's okay it's gonna it's yeah. I feel like it'll be a good winter Not I think it'll be a good winter because I don't think I'll be in New England for it so you know <laughs> <laughs> just like take a little hike down to South America or Central yeah. America and just <laughs> I'll stay for like a week maybe two weeks get a couple pictures in the snow as if I was here and then you know I'm out of here <laughs> I will you know I'll give you some credit New England cold or East Coast cold is a different is, kind of yeah. monster. It is. Like, I was I was in Colorado for, I was in there in, what, March? Yeah. 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 And, like, it was winter, but, like, you guys had bright blue skies. And it was only, like, 35 <laughs> degrees, but, like, You're warm like, out. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't winter. This is, like, spring. And then winter in New England is, like, oh, whiteout blizzard with, like, like negative 10 degrees wind chill and yeah oh yeah the humidity like okay so I went I don't know if I told you this but no I think I did because that's how I met Amanda I went to High Point University in North Carolina for one year Mm -hmm. and the winter there I was like I'm from Colorado and it is not warm in the winter in Colorado but this is fucking cold (laughs) and and that's in North Carolina that's like halfway down the eastern seaboard I think it was the humidity that made it I mean it's just like a bone chilling like you cannot put on enough jackets oh you're telling me and like I spent not last winter um but two winters ago I spent living in Boston and I don't know I'm pretty sure this is a fact like Boston took over as like the windiest city in America and like the wind there plus the winter it was like if you walk outside like you're just an instant icicle no yeah not down down. no that's what i'm saying (laughs) it is not enjoyable oh yes well you can come to the west coast whenever you want we'll accept perfect (laughs) i'll be back there in like april of next year so oh perfect perfect what um photography tips and tricks can you give us like amateurs lighting (laughs) angles anything like that 
So um, lighting wise, um, I found that, I mean, I don't find, I didn't find, but like sunrise and like the hour after sunrise and then sunset and the hour before sunset are like the best times to shoot. Like, um, I mean, sunrises and sunsets, sunsets are just fun to shoot in general because they're just like always like gorgeous, like pinks and reds and oranges. But then you get like that hour before sunset, like that golden hour. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everything has like this nice soft golden glow to it. And there's no real harsh shadows and the highlights are pretty just mellow. So it's like a really kind of perfect time to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. Midday at like noon is like the worst time to shoot. <laughs> when the <laughs> sun like, is highest in the sky. Exactly. But I mean, sometimes you just can't avoid it. So it's kind of, you just kind of have to work around that. But um, one of the biggest tips for me personally was just kind of um, to just go and shoot. Like when I was first kind of really getting into photography, I was kind of out in Boston shooting like every single day and um, just kind of messing around with the camera, learning the different functions of it. Um, what happens if you change one setting? What happens if you change one setting and change another? So just kind of um, messing around with that and just kind of keep practicing um and yeah that's awesome just practice 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 I guess yeah even though I'm pretty sure that's like the advice for everything but yeah no but it's still good to reiterate because I feel like I'm still a picture taker and it's good for me to remember this but um I mean I like your pictures from your Europe trip Oh, really? Thank you so much. I took most yeah, of those yeah, with yeah. my phone, actually. I had a camera with me, hey, but that... I haven't gotten around to going through those pictures on my camera still. It's, like, been five months later. It's fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> I get that. There's still pictures from my West Coast trip that I haven't even touched, but yeah, that's it's... just how it happened. I know. It's like you kind of, like, forget about them for a little while, and then you go back and you're like, oh, this is such a good time. <laughs> exactly yeah post them and it's like oh here I am people are like are you in Europe again I'm like no this is (laughs) yeah it's good so what uh what apps do you like to use for photo editing I know you probably use Lightroom because I know most people will use Lightroom but do you have any like amateur apps that you like just for editing photos on the go like really quick or anything that you do to optimize your trips like restaurants or places to go or anything like that um so yeah so I mean for photos I definitely use Lightroom um like for everything pretty much and I'm pretty sure there is like a Lightroom mobile app that I'm like you know I've been meaning to download just because that would be good for like just you know taking an iPhone picture and then just throwing it up on the story or something yeah um which which again I just it's just me being non-committal and just not doing it but I'll get there (laughs) Um, but I also use Photoshop as well. But um, I also use this app called Unfold, which um, oh yeah, j- yeah, just the free version, obviously. I love um, but Unfold. yeah, and it has some t- cool templates for Instagram stories. So I've been using that quite a bit, kind of trying to show more like behind the scenes and just kind of other shots that don't make it on like a post. So I use that. Um, I use Swipe Mix, or I've used it once, which is like kind of like unfold but it's for like actually posting pictures like you can post like a um 12 photo set and it like um sets it up and it like makes it cool so that when you swipe it's like a smooth transition Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of a cool app um 
as for like optimizing trips um i use yelp actually i've started using yelp more just because like i try and find like like when i'm traveling i try and find cool coffee shops because i usually don't have wi-fi so right yelp is yelp is cool because they usually will tell you like oh it does have wi-fi or it has good it has tons of seating inside and it's good for working so i definitely have started using yelp more i i want to get into yelp reviewing because <laughs> i definitely that there's would be so dope because <laughs> there's been times where like oh this one place just like didn't do it for me like the people there were just kind of brutal and it's times like that where i'm like i wish i should like review this but i don't um uh there's also this app called i overlander which um when i was living in my car it's like this place that has just um free camping and like places you can park your car van or bus um where you like won't get yelled at by the cops and it's all it's all usually free and it's all over the u.s and canada so that's a cool one that i used a bunch yeah yeah you should especially in colorado i feel like there's probably tons because most of it's on like national forest land and i know out in the northeast there's not much uh national forest but like out west like colorado utah like you guys have so much public land and yeah i can't wait to go back out there yeah do you uh i this might be a touchy ground to ask but what coast do you like better west coast west coast best coast 100 percent. yeah um yeah i mean yeah i mean going out there i was kind of like no like i still love the east coast like it's so much better but like it's just not like you got like the southern oregon coast like northern california was probably like where i felt most at home maybe washington as well like i really did love washington but I don't know. It's just something about the West Coast, like the m- just massive amounts of public land, and there's just so much, like so much beauty and so much like land out there. Where like out here, we just mostly have like cities, and I mean, we do have some like gorgeous land, and like the foliage out here is like unbeatable. But other than that, there and like we have the small town kind of New England vibe, which is kind of cool, but. I mean, I've lived in that small town New England vibe for 20 years now. Like, I'm pretty sure I've done my time. And, <laughs> I, and I know that one day, like, I'll definitely, like, like, I love New England and I love the East Coast. And I'm sure I'll always love it and we'll definitely always come back and visit. But, yeah, no, I've never felt as home as I did on the West Coast. So yeah. that's my stance on that. <laughs> that's a very, like politically correct answer i don't think any of your <laughs> any of your new england friends will be offended by that one <laughs> i mean i don't think that they can because most of my new england friends haven't really left new england that much and like mm. neither had i up until pretty much this year like i i mean like i said i lived in missouri for a couple of years but like the midwest is worse than either the coast so <laughs> um but like new england is extremely small um like New England's the size of like Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> um, is, that is true. You don't really think about it. Yeah, like I, and I don't know if anyone on the West Coast also feels this way. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm on the West Coast either, but like the Western United States, I feel like the Eastern United States, like I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I just like don't know what's over there, who lives there. Like <laughs> the East Coast is just like, kind of the other fold of the United yeah. States that I kind of just forget about. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's different. Like people have their lives here and I get that. And like opportunities arise. And I'm sure if like this badass opportunity arrived and I, it needed me to stay on the East Coast, I would do it. Um, but um, it's just definitely not what I'm really wanting to do because yeah. I've seen what's outside of New England and it's like, just crazy like and I wish and I know that I'm lucky to have been able to see the west coast and see what I've seen but I just wish that other people were able to kind of see what I saw as well because yeah. it's like once you leave New England it's just like this whole other world out there like it's crazy and yeah. it's hard to explain so yeah, yeah that's that's kind of like me too like it's hard for me to explain what live like the culture shift is going mm-hmm. to the east compared oh, yeah. to west. like there's a big just social difference and yeah and like not being like kind of and like I I don't know like being like blunt about it like the east coast is especially the northeast is kind of they're kind of brutal like people in Boston like mass holes like and they and they actually own up to it which is why I'm kind of like okay with talking about it like people from New England can kind of be pretty uh pretty snarky and pretty kind of hard to deal with especially if you're not from here too yeah no definitely things are very just like bluntly said and (laughs) yeah it is not a it's not as it's not necessarily friendly like it's it is still friendly but it's just yeah yeah it's not like like when I go here like the other day I was vacuuming my car at this like car wash and the guy next to it was like gosh this place just has the best like bug removal chemicals and I was like yeah they really do like you have a great day and he was like blessed day and I was like this is such a nice state <laughs> you know yeah the the yeah I agree with that like out west people are just kind of I mean they're just very like nice and open and yeah, yeah it's a lot different from out here but yeah, but I mean, it's not like everyone out here is like brutal. Um, no, like no. people, people out here are very nice. Um, like I was um, doing this location scouting for uh, this one photo shoot for Timberland, actually. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I was like, kind of, because Timberland's a New Hampshire company, which I didn't know. So um, they wanted like a New Hampshire scenery. They wanted like a farm and like a field. Um, and so like I drove by this one barn like three times, and eventually I was like, all right, whatever. I stopped, got out, and, like, this is big for the introvert in me, and, like, started walking around trying to find the owner of it, and this, like, sweet old lady came out. She had to be, like, I don't know, 70, 75, and, yeah, she was, like, super nice, like, one of the nicest people I've met, and I, like, asked her if it'd be okay if I could use, like, her property for some photo shoots, and she was, like, more than happy with it, and then, like, at the end of it, she, like, gave us some, like, little maple syrup that her, like, sons made or something. Oh so my cute. God, yeah. Heart. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's obviously nice people wherever you go. Yes. Um, they're just definitely more abundant out west. <laughs> there are some good ones left. <laughs> there are, for sure. So I always like to ask my guests, well, I've been actually trying to get into a better habit of asking all of my guests this, but what trials of fitness have you been put through in whatever capacity, either physical fitness, emotional, mental fitness, what hurdles that you're comfortable sharing have you had to overcome? Um, that's a good question. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I spent 20 years of my life kind of on the east coast um, living in New England pretty much 
kind of with my family aside from the two years when I was uh, living at school. But even in those two years, I still kind of had like roommates and friends like right like with me. Um, and then when I left for three months, it was like that was more or less my first time like actually being alone and like living by myself and living in a car nonetheless, um, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. And I mean, I wasn't living in my car um, just like fully. Fully, like I was like living in my car for like two weeks, and then I'd have like a couple cabins for the next two weeks, and then be living in my car for another week, but. Even that, like, um, it gets kind of difficult. Um, the first, I mean, the first couple of weeks when I was alone, I was like, all right, like, I'm really alone. <laughs> I am camping in the middle of nowhere by myself, um, which was kind of intense at first, but, like, I've grown to love it. Like, I love that solidarity and being able to know that I'm actually okay living by myself, mm-hmm. but um, physically, sleeping in the back of the car where you can't fully extend your legs um that definitely gets a little tough especially when it gets down like 25 30 degrees at night and it's like freezing so it's Mm -hmm. like you wake up that morning and it's like first of all you don't want to get out of your sleeping bag because like in the sleeping bag like I had a good sleeping bag so it's like I was fine temperature wise but like getting out it's like 30 degrees there's like frost on the windows your joints feel like they're like not ever gonna move again yeah (laughs) um so, like, that definitely physically was uh, tough at times. Um, sometimes there would be uh, days where, like, I wouldn't necessarily have probably the amount of food that I should have been carrying with me. And I definitely, uh, like, the days where I didn't eat um, as much as I should have, even close to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, those nights where, like, I just didn't really have any food in my system, those nights kind of sucked. Um because, like, I mean, for me, I've never really experienced kind of food shortage. Like, I've been lucky. I've never really kind of had that food shortage in my life. But there was times out West where, like, I didn't really have any food. Like, I'd have a banana for dinner, and that'd be it. Yeah. But those those were few and far between. So other than that, I think I've been very lucky with kind of um, – trials of fitness I guess as you put it so. yeah 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 I want to touch on that kind of like loneliness aspect I think for some for anyone that's in like you know I hate I hesitate to say like the entrepreneurial space but like anyone that's either self-employed or works remotely or someone that just like doesn't have co-workers besides mm-hmm. like in my case my closet is where I'm at at the moment <laughs> but so how do you I know for like introverts like you and me, which I feel like some people would surprise to hear that either of us are introverts because we're so social right now, but how do you deal with like loneliness when you are going through like periods where you're mostly by yourself for weeks at a time? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, uh-oh, did I cut out? You kind of did for a second. Okay, okay. Uh-huh you to repeat that one <laughs> yeah 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 so how do you deal with um like loneliness when you are by yourself traveling weeks on end like you, you, being an introvert it's mostly okay to be alone because we enjoy being alone but mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. deal with it do you find like comfort in social media like being active on social kind of helps with that or what do you um yeah so loneliness a uh, couple 
couple of different answers for that one. Um, I make friends with animals and bugs quite a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but seriously, like, I got to this one. I was staying at this yurt, and, like, I literally stepped out of my car, and this dragonfly landed on me. And I, like, I swear, he was with me for, like, 10 minutes, and I was just walking around, and he was just hanging with me. And, like, it's things like that. And, like, I stayed at a treehouse, and they had, like, a bunch of cows on the property. And so as weird or, like, insane as that sounds, like, I definitely love being able to kind of interact with other living things, um, human or not. (laughs) Um, But I also, like, I've been trying to be more open on social media and kind of showing, like, my day-to-day kind of like life when I'm traveling and I definitely find some comfort in that because it's like I'm able to share my experiences with people even though there's not anyone there with me to experience it um and so like I definitely love when kind of people reach out to me and like ask or like spark up a conversation based on like the stories of what I'm doing so like yeah social media in a way but um I mean a lot of the times I don't really have wi-fi so it definitely makes that part a little bit harder mm-hmm. um I thought I had another answer to that <laughs> um <laughs> I definitely listen to music a lot um but I also definitely kind of enjoy the silence not that there's ever really like a true silence like most of the places I stay are kind of like in the woods or like in a field so it's like there's always kind of like a nice um ambience of like bugs and birds or owls or wolves so that's kind of cool but um there's definitely times I mean it's definitely becoming more apparent to me now the more that I'm traveling and the more that I'm kind of doing work with brands um that it would definitely help a lot to kind of have someone traveling with me and creating with me because it definitely gets pretty difficult not even from like a loneliness standpoint just from like a purely like creating content standpoint it would definitely help to have like another person or two just to have just so it's not, you know, always pictures of me. <laughs> oh, I um, see, I see. Yeah, but, um, and I, obviously that would definitely, and for sure, like, a bunch of these places I'm staying in are, like, really badass, like, awesome, epic places that, like, it would be fun to, you know, share that experience with someone as opposed okay. to just just myself. But, like, um, so, yeah, it would definitely there's definitely times where I do wish that I would have like a traveling buddy or buddies plural um to kind of share those experiences with me but for the time being like I'm perfectly okay with being by myself so yeah that's awesome I think that's really important and I think for a lot of people who are like young like us like in their early 20s I feel like so much of us focuses on being social and like being around people and stuff so I think it's good to be able to be alone but also share in like a community in some capacity so I agree. yeah I agree like yeah like I've definitely learned more about myself and like about life in general just in this past year just kind of doing all this solo traveling um because I mean like you spend like eight hours driving by yourself or you spend like a week in the wilderness by yourself like you just definitely learn a lot about yourself because I mean you have nothing else to do but to learn um but yeah and I mean I definitely don't take that for granted because growing up I kind of um not necessarily relied on other people and like other relationships to kind of like define myself but 
I definitely didn't know who I was at the time. And I definitely, not that I fully know who I am now, but I definitely have more of a kind of idea about myself. And I definitely know more about myself than I ever have before. So yeah, that's cool. I definitely, uh-huh. when, I, when I was in high school or middle school, I, I wouldn't say I had like a click that I hung out with. I hung out with a lot of different people and I was involved in a lot of different things. Like I had like a business club, I played soccer. I had like my friends that I would just hang out with and go see movies with. And so I hung out with a lot of different people and like my, one of my other friends and I joke and call ourselves like nomads, um, (laughs) social nomads, because we, there's not like one specific group that we always hang out with. We hang out with a lot of other people, but Mm -hmm. in that I kind of, chameleoned myself to kind of that's used to that word i i i'm just gonna pretend it's a word i'm gonna yeah yeah. (laughs) but i feel like yeah i chameleoned myself to fit into other groups and so for a really long time i was either afraid or not comfortable with like standing out and i guess since since i graduated i think i've become a lot more comfortable with like being more myself especially like being more myself on social media and like Mm -hmm. letting more people in to closer parts of my life and for a really long time I was just kind of like you know book cover that's all people got to see kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah no I would yeah I definitely agree with that I mean I mean like you've said a couple times like we're both introverted and up until pretty much this year I was very like introverted like never really kind of expressing myself in any way or kind of being not necessarily vulnerable but just kind of showing people like the goofy aspects or anything really um like a year ago if you told me that I was going to put a video of myself dancing and singing on Instagram I would like like, laugh at you yeah (laughs) like there would be no chance but I think and that's another thing about like these couple of past months of like solo travel is that like it's kind of made me more extroverted actually like yeah. I like I strike up conversations with strangers now like I'm pretty open with people who like ask about my life and which is awesome like I definitely like that as opposed to being more sheltered so I yeah. definitely think that's been one of the biggest benefits about all this traveling is that like I'm pretty like I'm not I would not say that I'm like extroverted by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> um, but I'm definitely much more comfortable like in my own body like with who I am and like now I don't really have a problem with going and starting a conversation with a stranger because like you never know a who you're going to meet or b like what you can learn or gain from talking to that person so definitely and I think even since I saw you in March like you already seem like way more like confident and put yourself out there more on Mm. And, and like you know yeah you're on a podcast like yeah like, who like, would have ever thought who are you <laughs> I don't even know so what things are you hoping to create in the next year what's next for you career-wise um so next year is in like the remaining of this year or like next year is in like 2020 both already um <laughs> so for the remainder of this year um I'm actually leaving in like three days um to go on like a big kind of fall uh, like a fall tour um with a bunch of different cabins throughout uh like New York and Vermont um for about a month and you know get all that fall foliage goodness out here Mm -hmm. um 
you know, this is like the one of the best times to be in New England before it turns to hell. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. New England winter can be pretty picturesque, but only for, like a, only for like a week. Yeah. Um, and then after that, kind of just um, catching up on work and then um, hopefully um, at the beginning of this, not the beginning of this year, beginning of next year, early 2020, I'm hoping to go down to Central America um, for like a month, maybe a couple months and kind of enjoy that tropical weather while it is brutally miserable up here <laughs> um and then after that kind of I'm hoping just hit the road again and go back out west but um definitely doing it different than uh, this year this year I kind of had like a set schedule which was like that west coast trip at the at the beginning of this year was like perfect for me and like what I needed at the time mm-hmm. um but going out next time I'm not going to have a set schedule I'm going to just kind of go on my own terms and um, explore places that I only got to spend like a couple of days in um, exploring like weeks like Colorado I really only was there for like three days and two of those days I was trapped in a tiny home because you guys got that like massive bomb cyclone (laughs) welcome to Colorado (laughs) yeah so like definitely just going back out west and um kind of really getting to explore out there and not have a set schedule or anything but yeah so cool okay where can the uh good people of the podcast world find you on social so instagram is definitely my most active um it's just my name ethan and then my last name abbott's uh should i spell that because i know you should spell it (laughs) (laughs) i mean so e-t-h-a-n a-B-I-T-Z. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel, which I don't really post on that much. And I've been trying to say that I'm going to have a bunch of videos from Canada um, from this past trip on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold myself to that. So, yeah. Find me on YouTube as well. Yeah. Exactly. I'll watch. <laughs> Perfect. There's one viewer. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. And I know it was a bit early for both of us, but you know what? There were no woodpeckers that interrupted. This yeah, call, it, was, it was perfect. Great. It was perfect. Um, almost lost service a little bit, but that's probably my fault because, you know, I'm in the woods of New Hampshire, <laughs> but we made it through. We made it. We made it. We only had one technical difficulty. And I'd say that's like a success. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't like run away in fear of talking on a microphone. So exactly, you know, I always have a little anxiety <laughs> right before I hit the record button. Still, even though I'm like not the one getting interviewed. So <laughs> <laughs> introverts unite. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think we killed it. I think we did too. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was yeah. awesome.